0: You've got questions, we've got answers. Phone lines are wide open. Hey, I, I want to give you an immediate heads up, 866-348-7884. Many times on Friday, the moment we start the show, all phone lines are already completely lit up, meaning it's a bit of a challenge to get through. We have some open lines right now, which often does not happen. So this is your day to call in whatever question you have, whatever thing you've wanted to probe me on, differ with me on, 866 866- 3487884 and as always the earlier you call in on Friday the better chance we have of getting to your questions just to let you know unless there's some urgent issue that someone is addressing something i've just been talking about and they're going to weigh in and it's urgent and time sensitive i simply take the calls in the order in which they came in now the only other exception to that is if I see a major critical issue being raised, a critic calling in to attack, we will give them priority as much as possible, which indicates all the more if you say, well, how come we virtually never hear from them on the air? Because they virtually never call. I mean, for those that post online, for the thousands and thousands and thousands and tens of thousands that post hostile, angry, Negative comments online compared to those who call. It's one in many, many thousands, which is disappointing because I'd like to talk to folks. I'd like to interact. I'd like to tell them why what they're saying is wrong or inaccurate and allow them to challenge me. I love that. I enjoy that. 866-348-7884. Go to the phones shortly. A reminder, if you missed this yesterday... We are unable to live stream on YouTube right now because our video exposing some of the anti-Semitism and inaccuracies of Rick Wiles and True News, our video on that, which contains nothing hateful and nothing that violates community guidelines, in fact, it exposes things on the other side that could well contain hate speech or violate community guidelines on YouTube. In point of fact, that video was removed by YouTube. We were given a strike Against us. You get three strikes. You are banned for life from posting on YouTube. Now, again, put things in perspective YouTube, Google, the internet as a whole, all the nations on the earth, they're like drops in the bucket compared to God. And God is the one who opens doors for us, and God is the one who closes doors. Whatever YouTube does, God's going to turn it for good. But we appealed their decision and said, hey, we're the good guys here. We're exposing hate speech. I don't want Rick Wiles or True News to be censored. I don't, I'm not looking for that. We've never called for that or asked for that. That's not my position. But by all means, don't censor us for calling out error. So that's under appeal, and we shall see what God does. We shall see what YouTube decides to do. Either way, by his grace, we're going to get the message out more loudly, more clearly, and we do it with your prayer support, with your help. 866-34-TRUTH. And let us go to Stephen in Kernersville, North Carolina. You are up first, sir.
2: Yes, my question is, I was listening to Life, Liberty, and Levin the other night with Pastor Hagee, and it seemed to indicate in the discussion, he didn't say this, but that the Jewish people didn't have to trust in Christ and Christ alone to save them like anyone else. And I don't have any way to get his number, so I thought, being a, a Jewish believer, that you might have insight into that.
0: got, well, I got— I got direct insight here. First, your concerns are valid concerns. In other words, I didn't hear the interview either, but I understand why you had your concerns. Now, let me, let me go through this as succinctly as I can. First, I deeply appreciate Pastor Hagee's solidarity with Israel. I deeply appreciate the voice he brings when Israel is under constant attack from all corners. I appreciate the voice he brings as a Christian. Secondly, given the horrible history of persecuting Jews in Jesus' name and Christian anti-Semitism. It's wonderful to have an organization like Kufi, Christians United for Israel, that are telling the world Christians love Israel, Christians don't hate Israel. That's wonderful. That's positive. Number three, Pastor Hagee came out with a book some years ago and and had a a promo video for it in which he said that Jesus didn't come to be the Messiah and it, it... Anyway, it was horrifically erroneous. One terrible chapter in the book. I then got involved. I wrote a twenty-two page rebuttal to that. Pastor Hagee's people then contacted me and said, "Please don't publish this." Pastor Hagee would like to talk with you. We then had the the first conversation we'd ever had in our lives. It was extended. He explained to me very graciously the fine line he had to walk because he stands with Israel. He believes that everyone needs Jesus to be saved, but he stands with Israel. And Jewish people rightly are afraid of proselytizing. In other words, the only reason you're standing with us is to convert us. The only reason that you're having these pro-Israel rallies is is a secret way to convert us. So he said he had to walk a very fine line there, which I also appreciate. And I promised I would give him input, etc. He then rewrote the chapter in question. It fell far short of the goal. I then felt I I need to make some statement. So I, I... condensed what I'd written from 22 pages to two pages. He then felt that I betrayed our agreement by publishing something I said I wasn't going to publish. I thought he betrayed my understanding by not properly uh, revising the chapter. All that to say, our communication ended there. Afterwards, I sat down with Pastor Hagee, with Stephen Strang, his publisher, and with a couple of other leaders face-to-face in North Carolina. And I asked him, do Jews need Jesus to be saved? He said, yes. I spoke with his right-hand man, a Jewish man named David Bragg. David said, oh, Hagee tells me all the time I need Jesus. At the same time, I've heard other statements that seem to indicate dual covenant, that Jews do not need Jesus to be saved. So at this point, I honestly don't know for sure. I fully understand that if you want to stand with Israel politically, or show solidarity with Israel in other ways, as a Christian, that you can say to the rabbis, look, I'm not here to proselytize. You know, as a Christian, I want everyone to be saved. I believe you need Jesus, but that's not why I'm here. That's not why we're holding this rally. Fine, perfectly fine. But the other issue is that uh, Pastor Hagee is separated from Messianic Jews in Israel. The money that he raises does not go into the hands of Jewish believers in Israel, but into other organizations, some of which are quite hostile Jewish believers. So I appreciate the good he's doing. On the one hand, I have serious concerns about his lack of connection with Jewish believers in the land, and I remain very much unsure of what his message is concerning Jewish people needing Jesus. I can only say he told me to my face in the presence of witnesses that he believes Jews need Jesus to be saved. Has he communicated that publicly, clearly? That seems to be the big issue. So that's the the fullest, best answer I can give you, sir.
2: Thank you for your time, sir.
0: You are, you are very welcome. 866-34-TRUTH. Let us go to BJ in Round Rock, Texas. That that's, sounds like a good name for a place in Texas, Round Rock. Go ahead, BJ.
2: Hi, Dr. Brown. Hello. Um. Hey, I thought I would call because I had a pretty, uh, what seems to me a question about the old testament.
0: Yeah.
2: Um <laughs> I figured you were the man for Hebrew stuff. Um
0: we can we
2: can try. I was, thank you. Um we're doing Matthew and a Bible study and we got to the it said two days before the Passover so I I started looking at the the, the, the date of the Passover and stuff. So in, in Leviticus twenty three here here's here's the here's the question. It said on the fourteenth day you'll do the Passover at twilight, and then the next day, for seven, you'll you'll start unleavened bread for seven days. You won't work the first day or the last day. So what I was wondering was, um, I, I think I've heard you and others talk about this, but it's confusing. Do, do they do they start Passover on the thirteenth, and then the twilight means the fourteenth? They no. do the Passover here's the okay, deal. Okay. It's,
0: it starts on the 14th, BJ. Right? Starts on the uh, the 14th, and you just have to remember that the biblical calendar and the Jewish calendar to this day starts with evening, right? So Genesis one, there was evening and morning, the first day. So the Sabbath in the Jewish home begins on Friday night, right? So it's from Friday night, so it's from sunset Friday night to sunset Saturday night. That's the 24-hour period. So the Passover begins on the evening of the 14th. That's the first day of the holiday, this holy season. All right. So it doesn't start on the 13th; starts on the 14th. Now, on our calendar, if you look at an English calendar. Right? The day that is the 14th. So, starting in the evening on our calendar looks like the 13th. So, just remember, it just starts in the evening. And that's how a Jewish calendar is going to reckon things evening, morning, night, day. That's how it's calculated. Hey, thank you for the call. 866 34 Truth. Let's go to Anna in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to the line of fire.
3: Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Brown. You welcome. I'm calling please about the um the apocrypha or greater canon. You know how the in the reformation they said that these books were not used by um you know in the time of Jesus as, yeah, I'm sorry.
0: Go ahead. I'm listening.
3: Oh, oh sorry Go ahead. I thought, um um the so they said they were they were not used at the time by the Hebrews at the time of Jesus. And the Eastern Orthodox Church says these books were used by the Jews at the time that um, Jesus was in, incarnate here on earth. And so um, do you happen to have any insight on this? Were these used as scriptures by the Jews?
0: All right. So there, there was some debate about canonicity, about which books were the scriptures. There were some that were universally recognized. In other words, there was no debate that the five books of Moses were scripture. There was no debate that the book of Isaiah was scripture, that the Psalms were, were scripture. Uh, these were received. But when the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Hebrew Bible, was made, uh, when that was done a couple hundred years before the time of Jesus, also included in that were these apocryphal books. You know, first Maccabees was in there, for example, or uh, Ecclesiasticus, the Wisdom of Ben Sirah, was in there. And we know that that had a Hebrew original. Others were originally written in Greek, but were part of the Septuagint. However... When the earliest documents we have of Jewish decisions about what books were scripture, so that's in the first century and and immediately after, the earliest descriptions we have say clearly that those were not part of the Hebrew Bible. They were not part of the canon of scripture. And we also know that they are never quoted by the New Testament authors as authoritative scripture. Stay right there, we'll continue.
1: It's the line of fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: Thanks friends for joining us. You've got questions. we've got answers. By the way, I accidentally discovered today, I was writing an article relating to Donald Trump evangelicals, can you vote from, not vote from, etc? And happened to notice, that my book Donald Trump is not my savior. An evangelical leader speaks his mind about the man who supports his president. That the ebook of that was reduced from eighteen ninety nine to ninety nine cents. So, and it's got scores and scores of my relevant articles on Trump over the years. So it's uh, an uh, unbelievable buy ninety nine cents. Take advantage of it over on Amazon Kindle. I have no idea how long that will last. 866-348-7884. three four eight seven eight eight four. You've got questions. We've got answers. So. Uh, Anna, just back to you. The Catholic Church believes the Apocryphal books are also Scripture. Eastern Orthodox Church believes they're also Scripture. But as I was saying, the earliest discussion we have among the rabbis is they only recognize the Scripture, what Protestant Christians recognize the Scripture, in terms of the Old Testament, the same books. All right, They did not believe the Apocrypha was part of that. And then when you go through the New Testament, you'll see things like it is written or as, as the scripture states or the word of God can't be broken, something like that, that'll have these different phrases. And that's always used when they're, they're quoting from the Hebrew Bible. Consistently, right. they'll use that. You never find that mm-hmm. with the Apocrypha. You never find a specific reference to a saying or teaching in the Apocrypha that's then referenced either with, uh, to explain a law or to explain something as God's will. So the apocryphal books are worth reading. They're edifying and helpful. Uh, They should be looked at as somewhere between the Bible and a really good book, Uh, but they are not to be read for doctrine, for authoritative teaching, or anything like that.
3: Excellent. That's exactly what I was wondering. And you were saying the earliest date of those Jewish decisions when they said it's not a part of the Hebrew Bible. What was that, uh, t- what was that time period again, please?
0: Okay, so it's, it, it's dated to around 90 of the first, the year 90 of the first century. All right. So, in other words, about right, that's exactly 60 years after the time of Jesus. Now, the, the critical historians say we don't know if those dates are real. Is it a reconstruction or something? But according to the rabbinic teaching, that's when you have those formal discussions where they are debating. And remember, it's only a few fringe things. They weren't debating the apocrypha in any serious way. There were a few things, you know, is this, is this truly holy or not? That's where the discussion was. And, and there's the famous incident in it where there was question about the, the Song of Solomon, Song of Songs, Shir Shirim in Hebrew. Should that be part of the canon of Scripture? Because it was said that you had prostitutes that had memorized it, would use the lines as part of their profession, you know, and and use seductive lines and things like that. And the famous comment of Rabbi Akiva that all of Scripture is holy, but Shir Shirim, the Song of Songs, is the most holy of all. In any case, that's part of that famous discussion. Hey, thank you, Anna, for the call. Eight six six three four truth. Uh, let's go to Claude in Pennsylvania. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
3: Yes, hello. Thank you. So um, I'll try to be brief of my concern. I'm sure you've heard it before. Uh, I was referred to you actually in calling Jewish Voice this week, who I support. Mm-hmm. And um, with the same question, and I was referred to Ask Dr. Brown, who I wasn't familiar with you at all. I'll start out by saying, I'm not a political person, I'm not Republican, I'm not Democratic, I am focused on Yeshua, I am focused on God's Word, I am focused on the truth, I am focused on um, humanity and compassion in the way that Jesus would uh, want, Mm
4: -hmm. the way
3: Jesus would behave, the way Jesus' words would come out of his mouth. Okay. All of that said... In my view, it is diametrically opposed by what comes out of Mr. Trump's mouth, the dissension that he causes, clearly. And I get very disturbed and disappointed when those, as yourself, who are Christ-centered in what you promote and so forth, Mm -hmm. will, for example, today I saw a tweet of yours, I think it says something like, the chanting was against one individual. Well, that doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, what, what, I, yeah, what I said, yes. Yeah, so so let, me, let me just throw in a couple of thoughts, okay? First, yeah, I fully appreciate your concerns. I was one of President Trump's most outspoken conservative critics during the primaries uh, for all these reasons and many, many more. I felt that his promises to conservatives couldn't be trusted, I felt that he was just using evangelicals to get votes. I did not like his sexist past. I did not like his crudeness and vulgarity and divisiveness. I put out videos warning why evangelicals shouldn't vote for him. Wrote many articles against him during the primaries. I said, now if it comes down to him versus Hillary Clinton, then I'll reevaluate. So I just want to start there. The way I'll just
3: I'll push. Pause there on that for a moment. I just let you know I read the very beginning of your book. Uh, I think it's Trump. Donald Trump is not, Trump my, is not savior. my savior.
0: So you read all no, the negative I, stuff.
3: I saw. Well, I saw your tweet today that said it's on Kindle for ninety nine cents. So I went there and I just read what was uh, able to be read. So I read the beginning and I, I heard. I saw that is that it came down to with your voting that you shared between Trump. And Clinton, Hillary—that's um, kind of going. That could be viewed as the lesser of the two evils, if one wants to look at it that way. I didn't vote for either. Okay, I—I. I,
0: right. So, so I let me, let me just.
3: and someone who stands up for compassion and humanity. Right. I I, I,
0: right. Right. So, so just to 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 come back to this for a second to explain, when it comes down to the slaughter of the unborn, more than sixty million. More than sixty. Million unborn babies sliced up in the womb, I was a hundred percent sure that Donald Trump would do a better job, or my great hope was that he'd do a better job of of saving babies' lives than Hillary Clinton or any of the current Democrat candidates and in fact, just with his appointees to the courts, which have been staggering across the country, he's actually getting pro-life victories he's actually getting money taken from Planned Parenthood, the big, big decision from California just came down, Ninth Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, all due to judges that Trump appointed. I don't like the way he does a lot of things. I don't like the way he says a lot of things. A lot of things are an embarrassment. A lot of things are divisive and negative. On the flip side, I see at least as much divisiveness and negativity from the liberal media and from the Democrat candidates. But when it comes to a vote, Jesus is my Savior. Yeshua is my Savior and my Lord. He has my allegiance. He has my life. I, I live and die for him. You want to know my testimony? Watch my life. You want to know my testimony? Listen to my words. Examine it day and night and come to a conclusion. As to voting for a president is pragmatic. To me, if evangelicals sit out, then we get some radical socialist who's going to oppose our religious liberties. Trump's fought for our religious liberties. Trump had the guts to move the embassy to Jerusalem, which I believe is very important in God's sight. So I have, I have no uh, illusions about who he is. In other words, I, I understand who he is. I far, far rather have someone that was godly in character and less divisive, absolutely. But when it comes to a vote, I felt, and I still feel, that we are saving baby lives potentially, and that the baby in the womb whose life is saved by a vote for Trump, will really not care if his tweets were divisive or if he was a mean-spirited, crude guy. They say
3: I, I hear what you're saying. However, one thing affects the other, and I am very much against what happens to babies in the womb, extremely so. On a personal level, I will say, from when I was very, very young, I had a bad situation myself as a child, okay? So I'm telling you that. I get it. What I am saying is that the devil is very cunning, and he will do things to say, oh, well, he's got this, he's got this, he's got this. So he's okay because he's got this. Well, but, 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 he's, but we're voting else? for – all right, so, That's Claude, the maybe problem. the devil
0: – are you open to the possibility that the devil duped you here, that you've been deceived, that you missed the forest for the trees, that you ended I up –
3: and what I read in Scripture is not consistent with what comes out of his mouth and his administration. What about the but, but babies at the Claude, so you're, you're not—hang you're you're not, So hang
0: on, Claude, I'm trying to give you time. But you're, you're 100% sure that I'm wrong and you're right, and there's no possibility that you missed it here.
3: This is not about between me and
0: you. Okay, so the Bible's very clear that we must save baby—Claude, There's very clear the Bible says that we must do what we can to save innocent lives. It doesn't say that if the one that's going to save innocent lives is a nasty person, you don't vote for that person to be president.
3: Is there uh, an—hold on. The children at the border, are those innocent lives?
0: Yes, so we've got bad policy. The
3: children separated from their parents. How do you know they're even
0: parents? All right, right, Claude, Claude, so all you're saying is you believe the liberal media— Well, that's all you're saying. You didn't call because you were open to have a discussion. You called to accuse me of being wrong. That's the problem. Maybe the devil duped you. Look, I understand your position. I was there at one point. The children at the border, that's the Obama policy now being carried out under Trump. And a lot of these kids are being trafficked. They are not the children of the parents. They have to be separated until it's figured out. A lot of these children are rape victims. Do you care about that? Do you care about it? It's an ugly situation. Nobody's happy with it. But it's an inherited one. The, the Obama policy is being carried out now. It's a big problem. And by the way, Trump has deported far less uh, illegal immigrants than Obama did up to this point. But are you aware that a lot of these kids are trafficked kids, that a lot of these kids are being tools being used brought here by people who are not their parents so that to, in order to get in because of the children. So they have to be separated to sort things out. Nobody likes it. But here's what bothers me. I can understand your position, and I respect you for it, but you're condemning me for mine. That's not Christian, is it? Think about it. Thanks for the call.
1: It's the line of fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: You've been waiting to ask me your question. Either you want to stump me on something or challenge me. or like, oh, I've been trying to figure this out. Give me a call. 866-348-7884. Hey, I've got one question for you. I have no problem whatsoever. No problem whatsoever with... Someone saying that they have a problem with Donald Trump saying this or this or tweeting this or this or his behavior or whatever, and no problem with someone saying it, no problem with an evangelical believer saying I differ with the president on this, this, this. But, but here, here, when the liberal media tries to shame you out of voting for President Trump, when the liberal media says you are tarnishing your Christian witness— when you vote for Donald Trump, do you think they really care about your Christian witness? Do you think the liberal media is really thinking, boy, we want your witness to the nation to be effective, and we, want re- we really want people to hear your message about Jesus. And because of that, we're concerned it would be tarnished if you vote for Trump. No, they don't care about the effectiveness of your witness. They want your witness to fail. They don't agree with our values. <clears throat> they just don't want you to vote for Trump because they want one of their candidates to get it. Let's at least put the cards on the table. I wrote about that earlier today. should be out in a bit. 866-348-7884 is the number to call. We go over to CJ in Columbus, Ohio. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
2: Uh, hello, Dr. Brown. Hey. I, uh, I wanted to uh, just ask some help with um, understanding what the Apostle Paul is uh is saying in, in Ephesians one verse three with um, how we've been blessed with uh every spiritual blessing in heavenly places.
5: Mm-hmm.
2: And um and, and does scripture uh tell us um how to access those if we if you know if we possess them now, how are we to uh access them, I guess as believers today.
0: Got it. So it's a fascinating statement uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 uh, the the opening chapter of Ephesians every, every verse is so filled with nuggets of, of gold truth praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus the Messiah who has blessed us in Messiah with every spiritual blessing in the heavens not only so it tells us in the second chapter of Ephesians that he made us alive with the Messiah even though we were dead in trespasses, and together with Messiah Jesus, he also raised us up and seated us in the heavens. And then Colossians 3 says that, that we have died with him, and we are seated with him in heavenly places. So it's utterly remarkable to think, as you and I are talking right here, living in this world, right, in this earth, with physical bodies, that if you pinch it, it hurts, and at night we get tired and need to go to sleep— in these physical bodies with earth and moral temptation around us, that spiritually speaking, because we are united with Jesus, we are seated with him in heavenly places. So the first thing, I need to change my mentality. I need to renew my mind and take hold of the reality that I'm not just a person on this earth. When we're dealing with conflicts with the world, political conflicts, world nation-against-nation conflict, I need to step back and say I'm seated in heavenly places with Messiah, that that our perspective is one of being with the Lord and looking down at the messed-up earth as opposed to being driven by the same forces that drive the world. That's one thing. The second thing, we access those by faith. For example, I truly believe that all the provision that we need to do the will of God the wisdom, the connections, the finances. All the provision that we need is, is already there. In that sense, it's as if it was set aside by God. So my task now is to go to God, fill my heart and mind with his word, and believe him that what he has set aside in heaven will be available now. So, Lord, I appeal to your greatness I look to your infinite resources, to your infinite wisdom, rather than looking at my abilities and asking God to stretch me and add a little bit to me and make me a little wiser and stronger. And the the biblical approach would be to look up to heaven to see that everything we need for life and godliness is there, that we are already spiritually resurrected with him. And now to draw on that by faith, Lord, I take hold of that by faith in Jesus' name to take authority over the enemy. Lord, I draw hold of that by faith to have wisdom for this difficult situation. Lord, I draw hold of that by faith to overcome this this temptation and battle. Lord, I draw hold of that by faith to see every need met in the things you've called us to do. It is by meditating on what it means to be in him. And C.J., it's a great thing to do. Go through the letters of Paul, especially— And notice everything it says, we're in Christ, in him. And then mark those down, pull them out, put them in a file, write them down, and meditate on those and recognize this is who I am in Jesus. These are spiritual realities in him. Very powerful, life-changing. And then the prayers that Paul prays, like Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, Philippians 1, Colossians 1, the prayers that he prays for others, pray them for yourself. Change the language from... Paul praying for others and say, Father, I pray this for me. That can also be life transforming. Hey, thank you, sir, for the question. 866- 3 truth Let's go to Joy in Charlotte, North Carolina. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
5: Hey, Dr. Brown. It's great to talk to you.
0: Thank um,
5: you. I had a question about your personal testimony, but after listening to that one woman calling about the criticisms against Trump, I just wanted to make a comment I, just, I had. I I understand her, where she's coming from. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, there's plenty to criticize the man about, but the thing is, he's just a man. He's just a person. He's not, he's not anything. He's just a man who has a tremendous love and respect for our country, the way our founders meant it to be. He wants to get it back on that track, and I believe. He has done an amazing job. And like you, I did not – I opposed him during the primary. I was a Ted Cruz supporter. I wanted Cruz yeah, same in there. Here. But same here. When, but one after another, of uh, all of the uh, big wigs that were running against him dropped out. It's like something's happening here. Yeah. And then when he won the, won the primary, it's like, okay, this must be the man that that we're supposed to put into office. And, I mean, everything was against him getting elected, and he got elected. And the man—yes, yeah, stuff comes out of his mouth that I—the uh, other night in Greenville, I, I was deeply disappointed when he took the Lord's name in vain, twice. And yeah, well, look, uh, and, and that look it, me.
0: Yeah, and let me, let me just say this. Uh, I I am less idealistic now than I was before in terms of the president. In other words, right, I, I'm looking at it more pragmatically. I, I, I believe— that President Trump has done tremendous good. I believe he's also done damage, that there's been a lot of collateral damage. In my book, Jezebel's War with America, we compare him. Mm-hmm. I've, I've followed others who have compared him to King Jehu, who did a lot of good, but there was collateral damage. The, the bull in the China shop kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, I, that's yeah. what I believe. I vote for him again in a heartbeat against any of the current Democrats in a heartbeat. Sure. But I, it's, I'm looking at it much more pragmatically. In other words, yeah. the old line, you know, we're voting for a president, not a pastor. I, I, I found that trite. I didn't like it. But I, yeah. I, I'm more resigned to the fact hey, that's, that's the reality in, in this world, yeah. you know? And, and again, yeah. the analogy I've used is you've got some, some dogs on the loose, let's say some Rottweilers, they all have rabies, yeah. and they are running around your neighborhood. And they're they're biting children and children are getting sick and children are dying. And you don't have a dog catcher. So two candidates yeah. come forward. One the nicest guy in the world, happily married, his kids love him and never uses yeah. profanity, but he couldn't catch a dog if you gave him a nuclear bomb. And the other guy, <laughs> you know, has been divorced four times, he's full of profanity, his kids hate him, but he can catch a dog with his right. own teeth. It's like, All right, that's the guy. And save so the
5: kids. Yeah. I,
0: I understand that the, there are a lot of ramifications of having Donald Trump as president and, and that president yeah. is not dog catcher. But when it comes to saving baby lives, when it comes to getting good justices on the courts, when it comes to protecting religious liberties, when it comes to fighting back against radical LGBT activism, when it comes to standing with Israel and pushing back against some of the other nations, yeah, in a heartbeat, I'd have Donald Trump. Against any of the presidential candidates on, on on the left, so that's that's just pragmatic yeah. reality to me. But no Absolutely. one is going to be able to. But look, when I when he does something I don't like, I say it. I didn't like his tweet. Yeah. I didn't think his tweets were racist recently, but I didn't like them. Thought they were foolish. Yeah. The way he goes, look. Sometimes he goes after someone, and I have to admit, I chuckle for a moment. But it's like that's not right. Yeah. Shouldn't demean other people yeah. like that, or or mock them, or mo- you know whatever. I don't like that. But again. Given the choices, and given the fact that if we sit out and don't vote, that a radical leftist is going to get in who opposes many of our values, I'll vote for him again if it came to that. And anyway, so happen. your question about my testimony, okay. real quick, yeah.
5: Yes, I, I okay. I know that you came from a Jewish family that wasn't real religious, I believe, um, and then you you came to faith uh, through some friends. Um, and I know your father wanted you to talk to a rabbi, uh, and and. Um, and I just wondered, did you did any of your other family members once once you were like set that you were yeah. a christ follower did any of your other family members decide they wanted to look into this christ thing too and and did they, any of them come to faith or did they remain in a jewish uh tradition yeah, and,
0: so yeah and I first, the first night I met that rabbi, albeit briefly it was january twenty fourth of seventy two I happen to remember that date well, and then he and I became friends and and he challenged me for many, many years, as did many other rabbis. My mom and dad would actually come and hear me preach. My dad oh, wow. was yeah, was reading the New Testament. And you know, my dad used to okay. joke with his friends that he was you know, a senior lawyer at the New York Supreme Court. In fact, we expected yeah. him to be appointed a justice, and he, and he wasn't shortly before he died. But uh, he used to refer to his son, the priest. But that's just, you know, anyway, he would come and hear me preach, and he, um, he actually started reading the New Testament, and he said to me, you know, when am I going to feel something? And then he passed away suddenly. So I have to leave that with the Lord. He 100% received me as a follower of Jesus, and Jesus did say, whoever receives you receives me. He was open, and then he passed away suddenly. My mom had less interest in God or religion in general. She prayed a prayer with me many years ago, prayed the sinner's prayer. I gave her a Bible to read, etc. I never saw evidence of her life being changed or her coming into the knowledge of God. But the same thing, she 100% stood. She told others about my faith and told them they needed to listen to what I said, etc. Uh, I had a cousin that came to faith, my wife. Her sister and her cousin came to faith. Others know.
1: It's the Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown.
0: All right, Um, I guess we had a mix-up. We were going to play something, but it didn't come up on the screen. Okay, listen. All right, Um, not sure what happened there. My apologies, friends, but Jezebel's War with America comes out August 6th, all right? August 6th. Go to Jezebel's War with America.com right now. Okay, Jezebel's War with America.com. Go there right now. When you pre order the book, it's already a bestseller on Amazon, weeks ahead of it coming out by God's grace. When you pre order the book, Amazon, Bards and wherever you get it, you will also get the ebook free. You'll get the ebook for Playing with Holy Fire free. Another mini ebook free, plus videos free, over fifty dollars in value, free when you pre-order. The publisher just went overboard, saying we want to get this book out. Jezebelswarwithamerica.com. You know, just glancing at some social media comments, I, I gave one caller extra time to express views, but the problem was there was not the ability to listen to what I had to say. If a caller call, and, and normally on a Friday, I don't have as much time. It just so happened that we had a bit more uh, freedom in the schedule with uh, phone, the, the phone lines not being as instantly filled as normally happens, of course, filled since then. But uh, I cannot just allow someone to differ without giving my viewpoint. If you call for my viewpoint, I'm going to give it. What I ask for is please listen. Trust me, I listen to callers. I've learned massively from callers. I've changed perspectives because of callers over the years. Honestly, I listen carefully. I reflect afterwards. Genuinely. I just ask people to do the same. If you're calling for my input, please take it seriously and then weigh it. Evaluate it. Fair enough? 866-34-TRUTH. We go over to Irene in North Carolina. Welcome to the Line of Fire.
6: Hi. Thank you. Shalom. Shalom. I wanted to yes. I wanted to make a a comment. I'm from North Carolina. I've heard the account of people that were at the Greenville rally. Yeah. And the chanting only lasted for a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, they cl- said that uh, actually President Trump was upset by it, and did not encourage it. Uh, however, the media just keeps harping on that one minute chant. Yep. And. Uh, So they're very biased. They never tell the whole story. Uh, Also, I wanted to point out: I was one of those as a Christian. I was rooting for Ben Carson. Mm
0: -hmm. I
6: voted for Trump just to keep Hillary out. Yeah. And uh, that's my same path. I was delighted.
0: Yeah, I was for I was for Cruz. Voted for Trump to keep Hillary out. Yep.
6: Yeah. So I, but I've been delighted with his. you know, with his policies, because I believe, in spite of his flaws, that he loves this nation. And my parents were immigrants back in the early 50s. It was hard to come to mm. this country. Yeah, You didn't give any of the handouts. You had to have money uh, or someone to sponsor you until you got on your feet and found right, a job. Right. You yep. came to learn the language. Uh, you were not here to get on the taxpayer dime. And I think the Democrats have created this... Uh, invasion of illegals back in the mid-60s when they started their war on poverty and and, and began to give out food stamps and section aid and grants. And yeah. uh, I had an uncle living in California at the time, and he says, you know, pregnant Mexican women would come across the border because once they had a child here, the whole family could benefit.
0: Yeah, so and, that and look, got around. Yeah, and look, Irene, I mean, there are genuine refugees. There are genuine hardship cases. And and we want to do our best as a prosperous nation to help those in genuine need. On the other hand, you have to have laws. Look, uh, the Clinton administration deported way, 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 way more uh, illegals than the Bush administration and the Bush administration more than the Obama administration and the Obama administration more than the Trump administration. He's deported less so far in his presidency than President Obama did in his. But look, I I thoroughly believe, Irene, that if Ted Cruz or Ben Carson were president and they were model Christians in their behavior and their words, that they get savaged by the media just the same, just the same. Now, look, did President Trump create an environment with the tweets that he put out that create additional hostility to people. Yes, and, and that's unfortunate. I don't, I don't like that, all right? I understand some of his, his followers like that. At the same time, as I pointed out, that the crowd chanting send her home, they were not sending, chanting send all immigrants home. If someone said to me, yeah, the, the vast majority of Trump supporters want to send all Muslims home. Well, where'd you get that? Who told you that? How'd you find that out? Something really interesting. My wife, Nancy... She had tremendous reluctance voting for Trump with a laundry list of concerns of all the bad that he could do if elected, but she ended up voting for him as a vote against Hillary. I had tremendous hopes of what he would do if he lived up to his commitments with concerns. Well, my hopes have been realized in terms of he's done the things I voted for him to do, and her fears have been realized in terms of. He's brought the damage that she thought he would bring. Nonetheless, I'd vote for him even more quickly now against the current crop of of liberal Democrats. So last point, Nancy has watched CNN for years. She often differs with it. She gets frustrated with it. But when she put on Fox and, say, was watching one of their conservative hosts, she said, you know, they're just as biased as, as CNN. And she got frustrated both ways. But for some reason, she would watch CNN and again, disagreeing a lot. Well, she just got so fed up. She switched over to Fox the other day, and it wasn't one of the, it wasn't say like Sean Hannity, you know, their, their best known conservative host. It was just some other part of the day. She said, It's amazing. There's actual news. She said, It's, you know, you forget if you watch CNN regularly, you think the only news is the latest Donald Trump tweet. And now Trump wants ethnic cleansing or the followers of Trump want ethnic cleansing. This is some of the hysterical response that's being stirred up. Uh, be, because, look, if you come to economy and things like that, none of these Democrat candidates are going to be able to defeat President Trump. So Nancy just to say, yeah, you forget there's a whole world going on with all of the news. If you watch CNN, you think the only news is the latest Donald Trump tweet or controversy. Quite enlightening. Either way, he's not our savior. I put my trust in Jesus, and I'm looking to the church to bring moral and cultural change. I'm looking to the president to do what he does, and I'm not expecting him to act like a Christian. Praying he will, really know the Lord and act like it, but not expecting it. 866-34-TRUTH. Uh, let us go to Bruden. Uh, Bruden in Raleigh, North Carolina. Tommy short, so dive right in.
4: Oh, yes. Hello, Dr. Brown. Glad to be on. Thank, Thank you so you. much. I'm glad we got Trump and and protection of babies. That's so important. I'm an evangelical. My other concern is for all the other values that are being tried. We have to stand up and say, we agree with the judges. We agree with uh, anti-abortion. But we also disagree with the constant lies. You know, Mm -hmm. the the value, the disrespect, the trampling on uh, our constitutional provisions— I'm afraid we're in the bathroom and the house is on fire. Those things are important that he does. But evangelicals have to stand up when things are not consistent with what we believe. And yes, there sir. Is of- yes, sir. There's a
0: lot. Yes,
4: sir. My other thing, I, I, I'm a military guy, and he's, he's very amateur, so I'm worried about how this might play out. For example, that, that move he made with Iran and said, I went right up until 10 minutes. You don't do that. That's the way to start a war by accident. I've been in the military. I think he's naive. We used to have Know Your Enemy every quarter. He's playing with fire with the Russians. He's playing with fire with uh, North Korea. Mm-hmm. Those people, you know what the, what, the, what the communists said, you will fall on our hands like overripened fruit. So their game plan is to use us, trick us, and not have to fire a bullet. That's what they say. That guy scares me on that. He's so over there. We need a steady hand right now. Our country could be taken over because yeah. we're focused on one or two things. We have to be even across the board. we got to speak out against what's wrong.
0: I agree with you, sir. to our values. Totally so agree that's, with you. That's my... Yep, yep, I'm yeah, I appreciate you weighing in. And look, that was one of my wife Nancy's concerns that that Trump could provoke an unnecessary war. Now, others would say you know, he knows what he's doing. He's, he's playing the madman to, to get the other madmen to think twice. And he's going to say a certain thing, but lean on his generals. But, sir, I fully understand the concerns. And, and look, let, let's, let's understand plenty of things President Trump says are just not true, or they're wild exaggerations, or they're inaccurate. Yeah, I don't like that. I don't like that. And if it was him versus Elizabeth Warren or him versus Pete Buttigieg or him versus Bernie Saunders or Joe Biden or Kamala Harris, I'd vote for him. I'd vote for him. And then when he does something I don't like, to, I don't like that. I don't agree with that. Which you wouldn't say that. Yeah, there's a concern there. I do hope so on the military end that he'll really lean on his generals. I think he respects our generals and respects our military, but I'm not a military man. I fully understand your concerns, and I'm I'm with everything you said. I agree with. Between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, I'm glad we got Donald Trump. And we have other issues that he brings. Let's address those. Let us be consistent. The same reason I voted for him is the same reason I sometimes speak against him. My ethics, my larger concerns. Hey, thanks for the call. Bless you, folks. Check out AskDrBrown.org for thousands of resources waiting for you free.